theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. of the praise team God uses you to confirm what the Lord has given me and I know I'm kind of staying in a similar vein but the last song we just sung when I walk through the water I will not be overcome I need you to make note of that because in a few moments it's gonna make so much sense when I go through the rivers I will not be drowned my God will make a way so I am not afraid. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. When I am in the fire, I will not feel the flame. I stand before the giant declaring victory. Come on, my God will make a way. If you know he's a way maker, if you know he's a way maker and you're glad about it, wave off, wave your hand, talk back to me. If you know he's good, talk back to me. Come on and give him the glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I'm thankful for what I feel. I'm going to jump right into the word. I'm about to time myself here in a minute too. Praise God. Let's open up our Bibles or our Bible apps. If you have that Bible app, open it. I want you to lift that Bible up in the air with me. Praise God. It's the word of God. We love the word of God, don't we? Praise God. I'm thankful for the word of the Lord. We hadn't done this in a couple of Sundays, and I thought, Lord, forgive me. I just got away from me. This is my Bible. It is the word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Praise God. Now let's open up that Bible to Joshua chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I am going to be dancing all around Joshua 1 through 5. And as a matter of fact, I'm continuing something that I preached the last Sunday of the year, 2021. And for me, it'll be the first Sunday that I've had a chance to preach in 2022. And we're excited about that. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Praise God. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. 
every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you as I said to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river the river Euphrates all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life Whew. as I was with Moses so I will be with you I will not leave you nor forsake you be strong and of good courage for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them praise God only be strong and very courageous that you may observe watch this to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go praise God just a few more verses this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying pass through the camp and command the people saying prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go into uh, to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess praise God and I believe it to be fitting uh, I didn't get a chance to conclude this message and so I thought this is part two it's part two of dear church where we've been and where we're going so at the conclusion of 2021 we kind of focused on where we've been now we're gonna focus on where we're going praise God would you help me pray father we love you we bless you we're thankful for your presence that's in this place I release the gift of faith in this place to do what you want to do I pray for an anointing to rest upon me to preach your word with relevancy and with accuracy I also pray for an anointing to be upon the hearer of your word God you'll do whatever you want to do for you are God and God alone and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus name somebody said amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I'm gonna highlight a couple of things here for just a moment uh, but I uh, of what I preached in in the original sermon uh, but our words have creative power whenever we speak something either good or bad we do need to understand that we are giving life to that very thing too many people say negative things about themselves and if you're not careful you don't realize it but what comes out of your mouth is more than just mere words you've heard me say this before but it really is the invisible world that's holding up the visible world. I want you to let that sink in for a moment, especially if you're new to EC. Perhaps you haven't heard me say that, but the unseen is holding up the seen. 
The Bible tells us that through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. I use this as an example, but when you go to somebody's home that's decorated well, or you like the lighting, the furniture, the paint, you will compliment all of those things. But what you won't compliment is the framing. You can't see the framing, but the framing is holding up what you do see. You and I can't see the Word of God, but you do need to know that the Word of God is holding up what you do see. Somebody ought to give him praise for that. Because if you understand the power of the spoken Word of God, you would begin to declare that over your life. You would begin to make sure you're in alignment with it. Jesus made it so simple when he said, my words are spirit and life. And we need to make sure that we are declaring his word because you and I will eat the fruit of our words. This is why it's key. See, you've got to send your words out with direction. Don't talk defeat and expect victory. You can't talk lack and insufficiency and expect to have abundance. You will produce what you say. So if you want to know where you'll be five years from now, then just listen to what you're saying about yourself. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about positive thinking here and positive words. I'm talking about faith-filled biblical words. I'm not, there is a difference. Don't get me wrong. Positive thinking is a good place to start, but positive thinking is not delivering anybody. I'm talking to the newborn believer who has been, oh my God, you've been transformed. You're not conforming to this world, but you understand who you are and you'll speak his word over your life and to your situation. With our words, we can either bless our future or we can curse our future. Praise God. And that's why I don't want you to use your words to describe your situation. I want you to use your words to change your situation. Declare faith. Declare hope. Declare God is able. Declare his will. Declare that great and mighty things are going to happen. Declare his blessings over your children. Declare his blessings over your marriage. Declare those things even though they may not be what you want them to be. You speak the word of faith and declare that it will be for his glory. We have to understand that, and I believe what God is doing for us is trying to get us to a place where we will speak his word with faith, we'll have that expectation, and that will be our reality because his truth trumps our reality. Praise God. So, when the people of Israel were in the wilderness and they were headed toward the promised land, God gave them manna to eat each morning and it would be on the ground but he specifically instructed and I forgot to time myself and I'm gonna hit this thing praise God but I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm stick to it I gave myself a little bonus right now but don't worry I'll get in the habit of doing it praise the Lord he specifically instructed them to gather up only enough for one day's supply in fact he said if you get more than that it wouldn't last it would spoil in the same way, see, God doesn't give us grace a year at a time. He doesn't give us grace a month at a time or a week at a time. No, he gives us 24 hours, a fresh supply of grace, favor, wisdom, and forgiveness. This is why the Bible says that his mercies are made new every morning. How are you going to make it through? Don't worry about next week. Don't worry about next year. God is going to give you the grace today. 
God is going to give you the mercy today. God is going to give you the favor and provision today. You, by faith, just put one foot in front of the other, and you'll look tomorrow and say, how did I get here? Only God. But it has to happen day by day. Corey Ten Boom is somebody whose life story is a remarkable one, and we've shared it many times with our kids. And if you're not familiar with it, during World War II, one of my regrets when we were in the Netherlands is I did have a chance to visit the uh, House of the Franks, but I didn't have a chance to visit Corey Ten Boom. So should the Lord allow us to, that's one of the first things that I want to do when we're over there. But during World War II, she and her Dutch family hid the Jews from the Nazis and saved many lives. Eventually... They were caught and put in prison. In the concentration camps, you can imagine all of the frightening atrocities that she and her family witnessed. She actually witnessed the execution of her sister, uh, and she knew her father was no more. Through a series of unusual events, Corey was actually released and her life spared. And in spite of seeing all of the senseless killing, she never became bitter. She even forgave the man who killed her family members. Somebody asked her how she could make it through those dark days of seeing such terrible acts of hatred and still be loving and kind and forgiving. And she answered the question with a story. She said she told when she was a little girl her father would take her on train rides throughout Europe. And he would always purchase the ticket several weeks in advance. But he would never give her her ticket until right before they were boarding. Of course, she was a small girl, and he was concerned she might lose it or leave it at home. But whenever her father saw the headlights of the train pulling into the station, he would hand his little daughter the ticket, and they would on board together. Corey Ten Boom told the person who asked the question, how could she be so forgiving? The reason you can't fathom how I could forgive the person who killed my family how I could not be filled with bitterness and hatred is because just like my father and our train tickets, God doesn't give the grace we need until we're about to step on board. But if you were to ever go through something, she says, as I went through, I can assure you God's grace will be there to help you make it through the dark valleys and still keep your head high and your heart filled with love. I'm telling you, it is by the grace of God that has kept us. It's by the grace of God that we're going to move forward in extraordinary church for the glory of God. You want to know how we're going to make it? We're going to make it one day at a time by the grace of God, by his provision, by his kindness, by his mercy. I'm thankful. Is anybody thankful for that? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to declare this with me. I'm going to put it up on the screen. And we, I'm working on this compilation of declarations that we're just going to put into a book or a booklet, praise God, and just give to everybody so they can declare it. But I want you to declare this with me. I declare I have the grace I need for today. Since I received the Holy Spirit, I am full of his power. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Therefore, nothing I face will be too much for me. By the power of his spirit, I will overcome every obstacle, outlast every challenge, and come through every difficulty for his glory. This is my declaration. I'm telling you, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. The grace of God is sustaining you. Praise God. So, 
I told you how much I love preaching from the Gospels and the book of Acts. And I also talked about Deuteronomy and Genesis and Joshua. One of the reasons why I love preaching about the book or out of the book of Joshua is because two reasons. One, well, really three. One, it was kind of prophesied to me that I was a Joshua in my early days in Richmond, Virginia. I'll never forget that. But Joshua is a book of conquest, and it's a book of transition. And I believe there's been transition happening in the spirit realm that's positioning the body of Christ to get ready to take what belongs to us. I believe the promised land, this region, God is fixing to give it to us, and I'm thankful for that. We are going to walk boldly in what God has for us. And you may think, well, pastor, how is, that, how is that going to happen? How is that going to come to pass? And I told you I was so excited about this because the promised land, when God told them, hey, this land is yours, guess what? There were giants and enemies on that land. But see, what I had in error, I had mistakenly come to the conclusion before, if there was a giant, if there was an enemy on my promise, that meant that it wasn't for me. But the reality of it is, if I'm going to stay in the book, that means that it is for me. You need to know, if you're running into opposition, that that's an indicator that not you need to tuck your tail and go run for cover, but you need to square your shoulders and you need to stand and say, X marks the spot, I'm exactly where I need to be this is what God has given for me given to me and I'm ready to go get what belongs to me ain't no devil in hell ain't no giant too tall I'm telling you my God is greater than any giant you're facing whether it's depression whether it's oppression whether it's economics I'm telling you that God is greater don't you let the enemy try to push you back but you need to understand that if God gave you the promise it's yours Woo, I feel some heat on that thing, Stephen. I'm trying to tell you, if, there, if there's opposition, you need to not run anywhere. You need to square your shoulders, open up your book of the Bible, and declare his promise because you're right where God has you. Praise God. An enemy is not an indicator that it's not yours. It's the perfect indication that it is yours. It is yours. And so we look out in this region, and there are many things that oppose us. But it affirms to me that we are right where we need to be, did smack in the middle of his will, standing on the promises of God. So I won't look to the left and see what they're saying in the news. I won't look to the right and see what they're saying in the political realm. But I'm going to meditate day and night in his promises. I'm going to stay focused, and I'm going to do exactly what he said, and I'm going to experience the prosperous success of the Lord our God who is able. Does anybody believe that with me? Praise God. So, but if we're not careful, we can be entitled and see, oh, praise God. Thank you, sis. You know what? When we, when we do that, sometimes this entitlement, this attitude of entitlement gets in the way. And we think sometimes that, oh, well, I don't have to do anything. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Don't, don't, don't miss this in this sense. There's so many promises in God that are conditional. I'll just give you one. If my people pray. If you draw close 
to him. I could do this all day. See, you can't be entitled just because there's been a prophecy, just because there's been a promise, and you sit and fold your hands and think you don't have to do anything. No, 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 no. Yes, I understand the battle is the Lord's, but God is calling us to be obedient and do this thing in faith. And I'm telling you, if you'll get to that place and say, no, I'm not entitled, but I'm going to allow God to raise up something in me that says I'm going to get everything that he has for me and affect his kingdom for his glory. I believe we're at the point, something is stirring, where we're going to be able to affect all spheres of this life, culture and Hollywood and economics and politics and academia. I was talking with someone even earlier today. My heart was just burdened for what's happening in our school system. And I thought to myself, my God, I can't wait to the day that we start our own school. And why does it have to be one school? It could be multiple schools, multiple campuses. We can have an early childhood development program. We can have an elementary school, a middle school, a high school, a college. And you say, how can we have all that? Oh, why, can, why do we need all that? I say, why not? Why not educate our kids? Why not raise them up in the truth? Why not to give people an opportunity to get an education? Oh, my God, I could preach this thing. I'm telling you right now, I'm sick and tired of the world indoctrinating our kids, but we better go ahead and educate our kids with the Word of God and let them know who they are in Him so that they can fulfill His purpose. I'm tired of the world telling them they have no value and they have no purpose. The devil is a liar. Hear me, young people. The hand of God is on your life. The purpose of God is on your life life and God wants to use you somebody give him praise praise God I believe we have a generation of Meshach Shadrach and Abednego's and Daniel's young people who have a spirit that is not like this world where the world looks and says I want what they have believe that with all my heart I ask the question, if not us, then who? If not now, then when? And if not here, where? I'm declaring by faith it's going to happen here. Praise God, I believe it. I'm just going to transition so I can get into this thing. So, see, there are a lot of people that are trying to figure out why they can't walk in this thing and aren't experiencing this thing. It's because, I'm telling you, their mouth is full of nothing curses the issue isn't the question you know the question isn't how big is the giant standing on my property the question is why is he even on my property to begin with this is mine God gave this to me praise God <laughs> so let me help you understand something Joshua and you read Joshua 1 through 5 it's phenomenal because the Lord instructs Joshua to go tell the people get ready in three days, we're about to cross over the Jordan. He says, I want you to prepare, prepare provision. I believe during this time and made for more, when we're taking these 40 days of prayer and fasting, we are preparing ourselves. I need you to hear me. We're preparing ourselves so that we're not hungry for the things in the natural. We're preparing ourselves because we're hungry for the things in the spirit. Praise God. I told you in one of the devotions, I think it was yesterday's devotion where, you know what, the Lord, he goes and he goes up into the wilderness and the Bible says he was hungry. 
And you know what? The Bible also says that angels came to minister to him. This is why Jesus looked at his disciples after he met with the woman at the, you know, at, at the well there, the Samaritan woman. He said, I've got meat that you know not of, praise God, because he was hungry for something else. I'm telling you, I'm looking at a group of people who are hungry for the things of God. They're hungry for the righteousness of God. They're hungry for the holiness of God. They're hungry for a move of his spirit. They're hungry. They're hungry for him. They're hungry to be close to him. They want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings they're hungry for an intimacy not just a Sunday thing they're hungry for the things of God if you want to know him more give him praise so he tells them he says everywhere you go I'm gonna give you that land don't be dismayed don't be discouraged don't have a panic attack Jesus some of us right now all bent out of shape and worked up and freaking out and not knowing what to do. Stop. Now is not the time to be discouraged and now is not the time to take flight. Now is the time to be strong and courageous. Now is the time to be strong and courageous. He said, hey, I want you to go through and tell everybody in the camp, get, get ready, get ready, get ready. Now, this is what's crazy. Joshua tells a group of people to get ready who have been in the wilderness for 40 years. Lord, I've been walking through this thing for 40 years, and I haven't been getting ready? <sighs> Can I tell you something? There is one more place and season of preparation, and you can't assume that you're ready just because you've been going through a trial. Well, I've been waiting 40 years, Pastor. I've been waiting 20 years for this. I've been waiting. Isn't that long enough? It's not about how long you've waited. It's about are you ready? Because I know a lot of people who wait but are not ready. I also know some people who wait but are getting ready. The question is, what are you doing in your waiting? Oof, Jesus. <laughs> So he said, prepare yourself. Three days we're walking over into the Jordan. And he said, we're going to walk across this Jordan and we're going to occupy. Yes, there'll be enemies there, but don't worry about the enemies. You're ready to take out your enemies, but you have to be prepared. So what does this preparation look like? What does this preparation look like? I'm going to show you something. I want to go to Joshua 4. Let's go Joshua 4, 22. Praise God. Now check this out. Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. See, Joshua and the people of God are getting ready to cross over the Jordan. And God tells them, when you cross over, I want you to take out stones, okay, out of the Jordan and build a memorial on the other side. So that when your children see that memorial and understand that it was God that split the Jordan River, they'll understand that he was the one that made a way when there was no way. Now, the Bible tells us, if you look at this, historians, archaeologists, and folks that study the ancient times, that the river, and the scripture says it too clearly, that at this particular time, that the river, the Jordan River, was overflowing at her banks. And at most seasons, uh, archaeologists tell us that, uh, that, that it might be 20 feet deep and, 
and maybe a couple hundred yards in width. But during flood season, it's as wide as two miles and as deep as 40 feet. You have all of this snow that's melting down from Mount Hermon into uh, the heading river going into the Jordan. And it's swelling and overflowing. In other words, God is telling them to cross the river at the worst possible time. Isn't that just like God? We're going to give to the community, and we're in an economic crisis. We're going to give $5,000 to Mississauga Food Bank. We're going to give $5,000 to Haven, Toronto. And we're going to give $5,000 to Sick Kid and Sick Kids Hospital. And we're going we're gonna to do all of that during the worst possible time economically. Why? Because we are the people of God and it can be a famine, but we'll be blessed because Abraham is our father and Isaac is our father. And that blessing that's on Abraham and on Isaac is on us as well. And so we'll trust God and we'll walk by faith. I'm telling you, it might look like the worst possible time, but we are primed for apostolic revival. It might not look like it, but I'm telling you there's a move of God that's getting ready to manifest itself that's going to shake everything that can be shaken. It might look dark and it might be sin abounding, but where sin abounds, grace. Grace does that much more about. I'm telling you this is our day. And if you believe that, give him praise. So he tells them, the Lord, he says that he stopped the, the water flowing as far back as Adam. So if you study that out, uh, archaeologists have even verified and vetted that literally like a cliff, uh, just a part of the mountain just severed and fell and stopped this water from flowing. And so when they step foot, watch this and look at Joshua 4.22. Hear me. Uh, he says this, then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the what? Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. Praise God. I, I, I want you to stick with me here because what I'm trying to get you to do, I, I have this right here. I have this like... I'm not circling this, but I'm going to circle this so you can see this. I have it right here. The thing that we're going to do, right here, I'm just going to move this. I wish you could see it. We're going to break generational cycles. <laughs> You're going to get it in a moment. We're going to break generational cycles. Let me paint the picture of why these memorials are so important, okay? These memorials are important because what God is telling Joshua to do is to break a generational cycle. Don't miss this. See, the forefathers, the first generation, they themselves came to a body of water, not the Jordan River like Joshua, but with Moses, they came to the Red Sea. What did God do when Israel got to the Red Sea? Okay, you know what? Moses, stick out your rod, boom. Red, uh, oh, the, you know, the Red Sea splits. They walk through on dry land. Everybody comes over. They turn. They look. And what's going on? They see literally a cacophony of just Red Sea taking everybody that's from Egypt, Pharisee and his crew, completely under. And then just a couple of days later, they're murmuring and complaining. 
God says, what, what, what is going on here? They go, they're mumbling. Now watch, don't miss this. And they start dying in the wilderness because of their unbelief. And here's the point. Joshua, looking back at what happened in Moses' generation, says we're at a body of water, just like our forefathers were at a body of water. God opened up that water just like he did for our fathers when they were at a body of water. But they forgot the miracle. And because they forgot the miracles, they murmured and complained and they lost their faith and they, came, they were overcome with fear. And then they begin to attack God and his anointed, and they drop dead right there in the wilderness. And Joshua said, this is not going to be repeated in your generation. You are going to build a memorial so that when your children are tempted to murmur against God, they'll look at that memorial and say, Mommy or Daddy, what are those 12 stones? And you'll be able to tell them about the day where you were standing on the edge of the Jordan River. You listen to the Lord. You put your foot on dry ground. You'll let them know what God did in your life. Those stones are a testimony that God is faithful and will finish what he started. See, if you don't build a memorial, your children, instead of honoring God, will question God, doubt God, and worry that God's not alive. But some people in this room have seen enough miracles. You've tasted and seen the goodness of God. <laughs> You know that God is real and your children will never have to doubt God. Remind your babies that it was the Lord that broke the yoke. It was the Lord that broke the curse. It was the Lord who filled you with goodness and mercy. And the reason why you're in this place today, you want your children to have a praise on their lips. Remind them of what Remind them of when you didn't have two loonies to put together, but God somehow made a way. I'm telling you, it was God that helped you. If, if he's ever blessed you, if he's ever done anything, then open up your mouth and give him praise. The devil will not have my children. The devil will not have the young people of extraordinary church and our young adults and our children. I'm telling you, I plan on building a memorial. Pastor Antonio, when he was here, he prophesied that there was a spring bubbling up, a young spring, and that it was going to influence this region, and that young spring was our young people, our children, our teenagers, our young adults, and you and I have to break cycles of doubt and unbelief in our children. This is why you be quick to tell your story. I remember, and I looked as I was writing this this morning, I began to go through all my photos, and I said, let me find those photos where I begin to show my babies where I've come from and what God did in my life. This picture might not mean anything to you, but I want you to see the picture of me and my kids. Listen, you might not be like, where are y'all at? What are you doing? It's an old school. Jasmine might recognize it, but it's called Virginia Randolph. It was a, cool, a school for special needs kids, but on Sundays, a church called Life Tabernacle would meet in there, and there were about 30 people. The building had no AC, but it was in that room, Pastor Barry, where God got a hold of me and filled me with his spirit. What am I trying to do? I was trying to show my kids 10 years ago that, you know what? I serve a God who delivered me from drugs and alcohol and promiscuity and gave me something on the inside that changed my life. I couldn't take them in, but I wanted them to experience what I experienced. I wanted them to know there's a 
show them another picture. Another reason why I take them when we were back in town. I said, you know what? You might not wonder who in the world is that woman right there. You know what? I call her Mama Gloria. She was one of the people who raised me spiritually. Had absolutely nothing in common. But there was something in the atmosphere that I got a hold of. You know why I'm a banker? Why I was a banker then? She was a banker. I thought about it today. You know why you play the keyboard or the piano? She was a pianist. I'm telling you, you got to get around some people. Oh, my God. Why am I showing you this? Hear me, young people. Hear me, young adults. There's nothing wrong with hanging out with your peers, but you better get up underneath somebody that's lived a bit of life, that knows what it's like to go through hell and back and say, I'm still standing, that knows how to get a word from God and can pray, can open up the scriptures, teach a Bible study, hang out with your friends, but you better learn to hang underneath some elders who can pour something into your life. Praise God. You might wonder why. Why are you screaming like this? I'm too passionate about this. Praise God. I, I didn't have time back then to hang with my friends. I had purpose on my life. I'm not saying you don't have purpose and you're hanging out with your friends. And I'm not saying you can't hang out with your friends. But I knew there was a generation who had come before me and had seen the miracle working power of God that knew how to pray, had an anointing on their life. And I wanted that. I wanted that thing. Every time I get around our elders, my wife will tell you, I'm quick to take a picture, not only a picture, but I ask them to bless my kids. I want my kids to see things. So we build memorials. See, show them the next picture. This is why we took them. Took them to that church with the creek running behind it in the Appalachian Mountains, and you might think you'll never see that place, and you might think that place will never bless you, but what you didn't realize is that place gave birth to your first lady, and that's how she got a hold of God. And you know what? She was leading worship there at 15, and she was teaching children's ministry there at 15. And there's no wonder she's the architect of what God is doing through our worship ministry and our children's ministry. I'm telling you, we took our kids there. Why? Because we want them to understand we have landmarks in our life, and it was there when I had no other answers, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do when my friends were going this way and my friends were going that way. But I I decided to get a hold of God and God in his mercy let me get a hold of him and did a transformational work in my life it matters it matters because you know what would you tell your kids hey you know why I'm here this is why we're doing family Sunday we're doing family Sunday the fourth oh excuse me the fifth Sunday of each month it's gonna be a family Sunday and we want everybody to be a part of it we're gonna I want you listen I want to show them the show them the splash screen that we designed but I want you to understand that when you see this and when you come this is an opportunity for us to engage the Lord as a family I'm thankful I believe we've got the greatest children's ministry in this region it's growing our kids love it they're inviting people but can I tell you what's family Sunday it's not just gonna be a Sunday where they have to sit through the preaching and listen to me we're gonna have something engaging for everybody it's gonna be a fun mind-blowing time but more importantly what am I trying to do I'm trying to get your kids in this place so that they understand why are you crying daddy 
I'm crying because if it had not been the Lord who was on my side, I don't know where I'd be. Why are your hands raised, mommy? Why are you worshiping like that? What is that language you're speaking in? It's the Spirit of God, honey, speaking through me as he gives me the ability to speak. And I love him. Why are we together like that? Because this is what our kids need. This is what our kids have to have. And I want our children exposed to a supernatural move of God. I'm, I'm usually the last one to leave, and that's not a badge of honor, but I'll clean up Cheerios. I'll clean up juice boxes. I'll clean up messes because it's a sign of life. I want a move of God that can move upon our kids and every generation. We're building memorials. I want to see him, Dad. Why? Why are you on your knees? He said, baby. Because when I thought it was over, God came in, turned this thing around. See, I'm telling you, they need memorials. Why do they need memorials? Because there's going to come a time in their life. It's going to come a time in Genesis' life. She's going to say, what? No, 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 no. I remember what God did for my mom. And if he did it for my mom, there's coming a day, Karen, where Tyler's going to say, no, no, I, I, if God did it for my mom, then I know he'll do it for me. I'm telling you, you better build some memorials that your young people, your children can get a hold of and celebrate what God is doing in this day. Praise God. Okay. I'm in overtime now. Praise God. Let me, let me just give you this, because we're going to land the plane with this. Let me take you to Joshua 5. Princess, I want you to come and play. Praise God. I'm going to just, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to drink some water. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Joshua 5, look at verse 2 through 7. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. Watch this. I know circumcision is uncomfortable, but watch this. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males. It got real quiet when I started talking about circumcision. <laughs> Y'all was amening me, shouting me. I mean, it got cold. It got chilly. Praise God. <laughs> I was like, me and her and play something. <laughs> Stir this atmosphere up. People passing out. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males... All the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way. After they had come out of Egypt, look at verse 5. For all the people who came out had been circumcised. Watch this. But all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. Look at verse 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. 
to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. The Lord tells Joshua, go get some knives. Just imagine with me my apple pencil's a knife. But I, not, so I can just kind of change, not the narrative, but give you the New Testament application. If you read Romans 2, I'm not going to read it, but if you get to the latter part of Romans 2, we understand that the circumcision that we now engage is not a physical circumcision. It's a circumcision of the heart. <laughs> Come on. See, when the Bible talks about circumcision in this day of grace that we're living in, it's not a physical circumcision. It's a spiritual circumcision. Let me break this down, okay? Because this is how you've got to get ready to go into the promised land. See, God refused to let them in, even though they had endured for 40 years. See, they thought after all that, I'm entitled. I'm entitled to go into the promised land. I, I, I'm entitled. You, you, don't know, you don't know the hell I've been through. People left me. People talked about me. My spouse dishonored me, lost business decisions. People lied on me. Am I not entitled to the promised land because of all this pain? No. Pain is not the prerequisite for the promised land. Purity is. And see, here's the problem a lot of times in churches today. Well, we don't want any purity talk. This is why I preached on it several times. Because I felt like the Lord was preparing us. And then he revealed to us as we're in, he revealed to me as we're in this season. This is a day of grace, but you have been misinformed about what grace is. Grace is not a license for you or I to do what we want to do. Not a license to sin. Grace is an empowerment to, oh Jesus, to overcome the thing that's trying to destroy your future. The Lord, he, he smote me. He smote me, sir. He said, quit asking for grace to get away with something that grace is given to help you overcome. God is calling us. I'm not minimizing your pain. I'm simply telling you that's not your ticket into the promised land. Because if anybody deserved to get into the promised land, it would have been those people that suffered for 40 years. But yet God says in your preparation, you have to be circumcised. Now, I want to be clear. Circumcision, and I'm not going to be graphic, but circumcision requires pain so that you can get into a place of intimacy. If you don't get circumcised in your heart, there's too much flesh in the way. And you will not have that spiritual intimacy that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to have with you. Whew. We want promised land without intimacy. But God requires a circumcision of the heart because he refuses to give his inheritance to people who have not removed the foreskin of the flesh. This is why we have, and I'm nobody, I'm nobody, I'm no theologian, I make my mistakes, I own that. But this is why we have 
a whole bunch of immaturity running rampant in Christianity is because we have uncircumcised of the heart preachers preaching. Too much flesh in the way. Too much flesh in the way. See, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Pastor Barry, I'm going to tell you, Sarah, you know this, and I'll tell you, Bella, and Jaden, the greatest thing I could ever do for this younger generation, Timmy, it, it, it's not to tell you what it's like to preach under the anointing. It's not about when I preached to 35,000 people in an arena jam-packed. I don't know how many people were there. That, that, that's not the greatest thing. The greatest thing would be when I found myself at an altar. When I'm willing to humble myself. I'm willing to get on my knees and go to my brother and say, I've got to make it right. It's when I've got to say, God, I've got this thing. Have mercy on me. See, those are the greatest things that I could tell you. Not, not the mountaintop experiences. And the Spirit of the Lord is here today. Saying, I know where you've been, but this is where I want to take you. I know you've heard about the promised land. You can see the promised land, right? It's right there. Yeah, spies have gone before you. They've come back and said, it's flowing with milk and honey. We see it. Can we get it? Yeah. Yeah, you can. But you got to prepare yourself. And so here's the interesting thing. God didn't tell Joshua to get a blunt dull instrument see the word of God is sharper than any two edged sword it's got the ability to discern and divide between the intent and the thought of the heart this is why they said when Peter was preaching they were pricked wait a second what is that that's the word and right now the word of God is calling you it's, it's cutting some stuff out of your life. You're like, oh. And it's so, with precision, with accuracy, it's calling you. It's the goodness of God. He did it, and it didn't even require any anesthesia. We respond to His grace and mercy. This is why we're fasting. Because the only way we're going to get it, Elvis, it's not in our flesh, but it's on our knees. It's pushing the food away. It's being obedient and saying, God, oh, wretched man that I am, forgive me and cleanse me. Not my ways, oh, Lord God, but your ways. Not my will, but your will be done. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is here, the Spirit of God, talking to many of us. I believe He's talking to you online as well. For those that are watching online, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Come and join us in person next Sunday. You don't want to miss it. We're going to have an amazing time. Our friend Josh Resar is going to be here, and that's not going to go down like you think. He ain't on the internet. He ought be in the dark ages, so he don't know anything I'm saying. You all don't want to miss this. It's going to be a lot different of a Sunday. I got a big surprise for the Resar's come y'all come and be a part praise god we're going to have a great time thank you for watching god bless you thanks for listening to our podcast 
Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.